The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. friends then we lay down in a field just where the road begins and ends oh my goodness what a scene it was last night can i just say this right now welcome to the 6:30 chat afternoon news the olympics last night virtue and and more Moyer um, in that gold medal skate and they said you know they were going to have to skate the best that they have ever skated that they would have to um, score higher than they have all season to win because the French couple did so well and then they blew it out of the water and then the national broadcaster puts together a video montage to that tune by Jim Cuddy and uh, the entire country is bawling me included. I'll admit it. This is Brad Whisker. Brad is uh, the producer of this show. Uh, Andrew is on holidays, uh, having a ton of fun down in uh, Playa del Carmen. Brad's sitting in, and I know you are a huge Olympics fan. I'm a huge Olympics fan, and it lasted until last night when I finally shed my first tear of this Olympics. <laughs> you cried! I did. I That montage oh. just destroyed me. The skate itself was fantastic, but then to follow it up with that, with oh. that montage going throughout their entire 21-year yeah. career, it it destroyed me. Yeah, it was. Uh, I saw a number of people on social media getting very emotional just over the skate itself. I didn't. I thought it was beautiful, and I thought it was wonderful. I was like, "Wow, that's they scored a, a uh, they scored a perfect score on the technical side of it." On the technical side, and then a world record. Yes. total. And but I'll tell you, when that montage came up, and the the little the pictures of them when they were just we one skating together, just. Those are some of the best moments for me that come out of the uh, of the Olympics. It's the it's the it's the B stories. It's the uh, the stories of of fighting through adversity. It is the stories of you know two kids who grew up skating together who go on to become the most the winningest gold medalists in the Olympics. Right. To me, it brought me back to 2010, and it was a, one of those B stories. Alexander Bilodeau won mm. in moguls, mm. and his brother was diagnosed with a disability to very young age, was not supposed to live past his teenage years. Bilodeau lays down an incredible run in the finals, and of course, who's waiting at the bottom of the hill is his brother. And they embraced, (sighs) and it was just one of, it's one of those Olympic moments where you can't feel more proud to be a Canadian. I don't know what it is. Is it it just that pride? Is it that emotion? Is it somehow we're living, you know, our, our dream of, you know, being great at something through these young men and women. I, I, I'm not. I'm not sure what it is, but it seems leading into the Olympics, it's like, meh, I don't really care too much. And and this one with the time change has been very, very difficult. But boy, when you start seeing, you know, some of these stories and and and, and what's happening, uh, you know, the one who was it, the one um, 
bobsleigh guy who's who found out that his his grandma had died just before he left yeah. and and goes on to win and kept it to himself for the whole time this go around i just that's i guess that's one of the great things though brad about about sport it has such an incredible way of Tearing people apart at times, but boy, oh boy, when it brings people together, isn't it amazing? Well, that's the first thing that everybody has talked about coming into the office. Did you watch <laughs> Virtue and Moyer last night? Did you see their performance? Did you see the montage? Oh. During the Olympics, it just seems that everyone comes together, sport fan or not, and everybody embraces well, it. And I, I think we become even more of a fan of Canada at the time, uh, during during the Olympics, but we also become a fan of these stories of these 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 kids who have pushed through you know some some tough times. I like even on the American side, I look at uh, Lindsey Vaughn, Lindsey Vaughn, and yep. blown out that knee um, a couple years back and uh, the route back. I've blown out my right knee twice. I can barely walk on it because guess what? I didn't finish my phys- physiotherapy, let alone going down a hill at a gazillion miles an hour. I would never even think about that. I, I just think that the the strength and the the ability is is second to none. Lindsay Vaughn, that's another story. It's mm-hmm. incredible. Everybody's calling it a medical miracle mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. she's going down these slopes, like you said, a gazillion miles yep. an hour yep. on a completely torn up right knee. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. I wish. Uh, Tessa and Scott, as we uh, said, took home that... Uh Gold medal last night was pretty amazing. They performed uh, to Roxanne from uh, Moulin Rouge. Oh, man. Deadly. Great piece of music, too. Um, And uh, the total score was 206.07. They went over to Canada House after the win and had this to say. There's truly no better feeling than representing Canada at an Olympic Games and the support we've received and felt throughout our Olympic experience and throughout our 20-year career is is truly remarkable. We're so grateful for that and, and we knew that the whole country was with us when we took the ice today. It's, it was surely comforting. I mean, I want to say it's the skate of our lives because uh, we did it in the right moment, but we do that every day in training. So we're just so happy with each other. Um, you know, our goal was to, to do it for us, do it for each other, and we were able to stay in the moment. And, I mean, that's an athlete's dream, to get to their ending position and, and know that you've given it your all. And uh, I mean, we had wings today from Canada. You could feel that support. And I, I don't know what it is about the Olympic Games and, and the support that you get from Canadians, but it is special. And uh, we've been fortunate to have it three times. So thank you so much, Canada. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to get this medal around our necks and bring it home to you guys. It's special, and what an honour. We we feel particularly fortunate because those that came before us didn't always have the opportunity to compete at a team event. So um, we know that the sport has such a rich history. Um, Canadians do in, in skating. We, we come from a long line of um, people that paved the way for us, and, and we're grateful for their everything that they did. But um, it's, it's a nice feeling having set out to achieve two golds here in Pyeongchang and, and to really have accomplished that together. Yeah, and just, uh, boy, watching them skate is is watching a, is like watching a love story on ice, and that's what everyone is wishing. Um, if it is, it's certainly something they have kept secret and they've denied over the years, and um, there's, there's lots of talk uh, about that relationship, and we'll just leave it at that. But the text coming in says, uh, please let us know if the two of them are dating because we all want them to date and marry each other. <laughs> I saw so many tweets last night saying, okay, to top it off, all he has to do is propose. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's not going to happen. 
happen. Uh, I'm a man and I'm a framer. This is from Kirk. Not a guy that would watch that, but I did. And so glad I did. They better get married because how is there that much passion between them and nothing else besides that? And this text says, no, I was not bawling. So the all of Canada assertion is false. Just saying. All right, well, whatever. Yeah, teach their own, I guess. Exactly. Uh, Powerful, powerful. So we'll uh, see what happens. Uh, They haven't announced it yet, but it's uh, the assumption is that was their last uh, competition and that they will go into professional uh, skating. Now, um, you, during the break there, or during that uh, clip, said to me, the one thing that's a bit of a shame is that Wynn has overshadowed another gold medal, which was amazing. Yeah, everybody seems to forget, and rightfully so. I mean, we've talked about... uh, virtue in Moyer's performance, but about an hour before that, Cassie Sharp laid down an incredible <laughs> run in ski halfpipe. Yeah, this text, the halfpipe gold yesterday was more impressive. It was a heck of a run. It was amazing. Ride. It really was, and everybody was tumbling near the end of mm-hmm. their runs, and Cassie stuck with it and threw down a 95.8. Yeah, it's amazing. 25 years old from uh, Comox, BC, right? Yeah, that's her. And uh, there was another Canadian freestyle skier, uh, Roz Gronwood? Yeah, she didn't have a great performance. She did, but she was she was competing with a broken arm. That's that's, that's a Canadian <laughs> athlete right there. Don Cherry says it all the time God. about the Canadian pride and being a Canadian boy, in this case a Canadian girl, broken arm, oh. still competes. Incredible stuff. And, you know, the night before, it was uh, there was a lot of talk about the French skating pair and everyone's heart. Sorry, maybe not everyone guy. Um, <laughs> but uh, a lot of folks, their heart just broke for, um, for Gabriella Papadakis from France, that wardrobe malfunction. Um, so date, uh, not dating, but sh- they were skating and sh- she'd been having problems with this outfit apparently quite a bit beforehand. Yeah, there were some issues there, but they it sounded like they had everything in mm-hmm. place and were ready to go for that skate that yeah. night. And then, well... Well, and then, um, you know, a snap broke and uh, her breast was exposed on, on, uh, on television around the world. But amazingly, again, absolutely amazing, they just kept on going. She managed to keep her cool and keep keep on skating. And uh, what was really cool is, uh, so Linda Steele... At our sister station, CKNW, she's related to their mental um, mental head coach trainer. Yeah, and it's she had some extra work to do, uh, it yeah. sounds like, on she's, Sunday. Yeah, so Stephanie Hanlon is the mental coach for the team. She lives in Langley, B.C. now, but she has a home here in Edmonton um, and runs a business here in Edmonton, Edmonton called Quantum Skating. And she also used to be the, the power uh, skating coach for the Oilers at, at one time. But she was this team's mental coach, and so she talked to Linda about, uh, about that wardrobe malfunction. There's no reason there's no rhyme or reason why it happened you know we planned for everything we'd sewed it we'd snapped it we'd glued it um we've done everything you know from their skates all the way up to their hair the plan is so clean and so clear it's just one of those things that happened and i don't even know how to explain it uh, she says it was amazing though the team managed to uh, keep on going for almost three minutes they were going with her posture and his strength making sure that they could perform and do all the elements to a level four which is the highest level they could do um, and not end up topless 
Yeah, <laughs> boy, oh boy. And uh, and Steph uh, Hanlon also took time to credit the crew in South Korea for preparing so well for the games, saying that they're doing a really good job over there. The rooms were prepared. The the uh, They were starting, they were kind of screaming up to the end, not as bad as a couple of other games, but they were organized. So by the time the athletes arrived and the, and the coaches arrived, the tents were up, the, the rooms were set, the sheets were on the bed, the towels were there, the food's been great. Um, the transportation took a day or two just to get organized just because there's so many logistics but I'd say the Korean people truly are very organized and very kind and they're doing the best I, 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 yeah that they can do so Gabriella Papadakis and her partner finished second to the Canadians last night and that was a beautiful skate that they had as well in fact there were some people that that thought that that skate was better than the Canadians but to me it was it was perfect and cool, whereas the Canadian was perfect and sexy. That moment right at the beginning when Tessa Virtue skated at Scott Moyer oh, and jumped into him backwards and then the roar of the Moulin Rouge song. <laughs> just it was, like, oh. it's, uh, it's amazing some of the moves that they pull uh, out there. And, and then the, the, the young Americans as well, the, uh, the brother and sister team, which... I, I don't know about you. I love my brother a whole lot, but there, there is no way that we could spend that much time together or be that close um, ever. It's distracting watching them because they are siblings. And we were talking off air how ice dance is supposed to be intimate and mm-hmm. passionate and fierce. And they're doing that. But then you think they're related. Yeah. And it just it takes away from their performance for me personally, just because they are related in that kind of dynamic. But I'm sure other people have other opinions about that. But that's just how I that feel. was just how you felt about it. So the figure skating last night will continue on. Um, we're still keeping an eye on the, the curling because our curling teams aren't doing so great. No, it's really disappointing right now. The women may not even make yeah. the playoffs. And for Canada to not make the playoffs in curling, mm-hmm. it's almost like a national disaster. Mm-hmm. I mean, people are going to be talking about that for a long time if Rachel Homan's rink cannot qualify for the playoffs. It'd be the first time in Canadian Olympic history <laughs> that that would happen. Did you see the picture of uh, Rachel Homan's um, uh, husband double fisting the beer at 9 a.m. in the morning? 9 a.m. He likes his beers, yeah. <laughs> he said uh, the stress of watching his wife got to him and he was spotting a double fisting beers while his wife was... Uh, taking on Japan uh, early Tuesday morning uh, and someone watching was keeping score apparently and so he uh, finally got on Twitter and said hey you guys you can judge me all you want the stress level is high I'm not a drunk I'm just a Canadian you don't have to put on that red light the streets for money you don't care if it's wrong or if it is right Roxanne you don't have to wear that dress tonight it's Jalen Nye in the 630 Chad Afternoon News Brad Whisker the producer of this show joining me uh, for a little bit this afternoon while Andrew is um, practicing for his next Olympics, which I think is just beer drinking, according to his Twitter account. Uh, yeah. He tweeted last night something, and I, I don't know what happened, but the, the last tweet I saw from him was, uh, who knew I'd 
don't put up with any BS after eight beers. <laughs> so I can't wait to hear that story when he gets back. Uh, another story, just quickly uh, out of the Olympics, Brad, have you, have you seen this girl, Liz Swanee, I think, this woman, Liz Swanee. Um, she's, she's American, but she's on the team from Hungary and competing at half pipe, and she doesn't do anything. Yeah, you could say she coasted into the Olympics. <laughs> she just kind of cruises down the, the half pipe and uh, just settles for last place, essentially. Yeah. So she kind of goes up a little bit. down. Like, I, I, I could probably do that. Yeah, I think so. But that's all she's doing. And I, she was apparently staggered to learn that she finished <laughs> last in, in the event. She's a 33-year-old from California. She was um, really disappointed, she said, that she didn't qualify um, <laughs> for it, even though her score of 31.40 was more than 40 points behind the next last place, you know, skier out of, out of the 12. So this is interesting because she decided that she wanted to ski in the Olympics a, a few years back, and what she has done is not illegal. There's nothing bad about it. Um, she raised money through online donation websites. She qualified for Pyeongchang uh, because of the sheer volume of competition she took part in. She needed to consistently finish in the top 30 at the World Cup events to make it to South Korea. And so she did that with easy runs, sometimes not doing any tricks at all, but making sure that she did not fall and always recording a score. Because her uh, grandfather is from Hungary, she was able to join their team. Um, and apparently he would have t turned 100 uh, on Tuesday. And now there's questions, though. Uh, you know, is this lowering the integrity of the Olympics? Um, this woman has a little bit of, of history behind her. She ran for the governor of California at one point as a 19-year-old student at Berkeley. She lost to Schwarzenegger at the time. She tried out for the Oakland Raiders cheerleading team. She um, wanted to uh, skeleton race for Venezuela in the Olympics, but when that crapped out, she decided to go with, with the half pipe. I don't like it, personally. She seems like she wants attention just for the sake of getting that attention, running for governor of California, wanting to be on the Oakland Raiders cheerleading team, wanting to compete for Venezuela. It's kind of, where's my opportunity uh -huh. and I'll do what I can to uh -huh. take advantage of that. There's no integrity just going down the hill and sliding up and going back down, uh -huh. not you know, executing any trick. <laughs> I don't want to watch that on TV either. I just want she, to see the people that are good at she it. She, of course, is swearing that it's not a publicity stunt at all, that uh, that this is for real, that she's trying to soak in the Olympic experience, but also focusing on the half pipe and trying to go higher each time and getting, <laughs> getting more spins in. Some of the other uh, athletes... Um, said, ah, you know what, if she's part of it, it's a game, and if she got here, yeah, that's fine. Uh, Cassie Sharp, she said, if you put in the time and you put in the effort to be here, you have as much right to be here as I do. I, I, would, I would question the effort.
part of it. But anyway, thanks for checking in with me, Brad. Uh, I might talk to you a little bit later on. Sounds good. Uh, still to come on the show this afternoon, we're going to talk to uh, Brent Sake, the organizer of the world's longest hockey game, which finally wrapped up last night. Uh, so we'll talk with Brent uh, as well. It is uh, Tuesday. Usually you do it on Monday, but yesterday was family day. So Rob Roach from ATB Financial will be joining me uh, to talk uh, this week's edition of The Hoot. And up after the 2.30 news, Julie Matthews joins me with a warning about trade shows. Stick around. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.